Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back. Wednesday night edition, late Wednesday night edition of the full ride here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined as I am now down, unfortunately, to once a week because the college football season is is over. We're in bowl season. We're in we're in crazy town where Army walks off uh, Mizzou uh, in the Armed Forces Bowl in an absolute stunner, uh, an absolute stunner there. Uh, the Army. Uh, Black Knights go eight and four on the season, so they rebound after the upset loss to Navy. Uh, nine and four now. Oh, nine and four now. That's right. Nine wins. If they just take care of Navy, they're a ten win team again. But they, shout out to Navy. Uh, Dad was Marine, so go Navy. Um, Matt Green is here, fellow University of North Georgia alumni. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. Yes, that was a uh, a riveting Lockheed Martin Armed <laughs> Forces Bowl. From Amon Amon G Carter Stadium, I believe is the name of mm-hmm. uh, TCU Stadium. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Missouri, uh, I had to go with the SEC there. Missouri uh, took the lead late, but um, Army pulled it out. What happened to Basilek? Did he just opt out? What was that? That I don't know, but uh, that the quarterback I don't know his name that was Cook. playing. I think he's a freshman. Yeah, he uh, he had some wheels. He was making <laughs> some plays with his legs. They uh, they ran the old. The old triple option for like a 50-yard touchdown against Army. Really, uh, that one had to sting. I was going to say, put, uh, giving them their own worst worst medicine here. They're like, we totally forgot to practice that. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel silly. Oh, man. Have you watched every ball game to this point? No, definitely okay. not. I've, I've tried to get into some of them, but... Um, you know, just depending on, depending on the day, on the game, I can only, I can only do so much. I uh I got upset, man. Like I knew it was a bad omen on the way to Asheville uh on Friday. Um I was watching Middle Tennessee State and Toledo in my car. Uh I wasn't driving, so I was just uh had the laptop posted up watching uh watching on my laptop and Middle Tennessee takes care of Toledo, uh seventeen points in the fourth quarter there, and I was just like when they went up two scores at one point and I was just, it was dead. And then I looked at uh I was thinking about it and I was like, this is not a good not a good vibe. And then uh out that night, Coastal Carolina's in a shootout with Northern Illinois and I was still like, ah, oh, still good. Um I feel like I was right about that. And the Chanticleers Can't like, believe no, you picked against the Chanticleers. I know that's I'm not done. I picked against the Chanticleers. I picked against uh, t- uh Middle Tennessee I picked against uh, UAB. I picked against like <laughs> apps or Western Kentucky. It was brutal. App State. Yeah. So the reason I'm saying all this is that my uh, my parents came up this weekend, um, late on a Sunday to to drop some stuff off, and so it was great seeing them and all that stuff. And I uh, I forgot what the context was, but I was sick all weekend and it was rough and. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, but that being said, I was, uh, I was on the men to go to urgent care and stuff like that and starting to get on some antibiotics. The parents, uh, came over and we had dinner and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things my dad was talking about, like out of nowhere, cause dad's a, a big fan of the pod, Matt, uh, like you have Tori who, Hey, what's going on, Tori? Shout out to Tori of the pod. She's a listener. We know she listens in our family. No We're doubt. just doing like family stuff here. 
And I know my dad listens because my dad listens every Saturday morning on the way to doing some, some work at some other people's houses. And he, he, he loves it. He loves our, our back and forth. He loves the chemistry. And he was like, Oh, your picks and i was like what i know like i was like i knew where you're going with like I, he was dancing i forget what the context was but he was just like Oof. I, I he like remembered who i picked over the the first couple days of bowl season and uh was like not off to the best start and i was like i know but uh yeah that's funny he you, uh, you have bounced back though yeah you were you missed four your first first four games in a row Good. But uh, before Missouri, you had you had hit four in a row, so you're at, you're at six and seven overall. I'm I'm seven and six overall. Oh, um, I was six. expecting it to be way worse than that. Yeah, so um, I've missed three of the last four, <clears throat> three of the last four games. But uh, Old Dominion and Kent State, those are my one and two pointers. And Toledo, I missed. That was my four pointer. Mm. So uh, I've I've missed some solid ones so far. I I have 193 points, and you have 143. And I have a possible 893, and you have a possible 844. So there's a lot of a lot of ground to be made up. I think we got like 30 games left. So <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there for sure. The big losses, though. Let me see here. I, I missed Jackson State. That was my first oh yeah. Point. I could put up so many points on that. Yeah, so many 35. points. 35. I had 38 on BYU. You had 36 on BYU. And you also you had thirty four on Toledo, oh. so that that was a big loss right there. But those are all in real big losses. Um, Fresno State at thirty two, Liberty at thirty seven, and Louisiana at thirty eight. Those were all your big wins. So they got some big point totals so far. I got Coastal Carolina at thirty nine, Fresno thirty six, Liberty thirty two, Louisiana thirty seven. So we had some of the same ones. Uh, some of the big point totals so far, but uh, we got we got a lot of time to go. We do, we we do. Um, well, we'll get more into the bowls uh, to this point and the upcoming bowls that we're going to hit on before we get to uh, the next pod in the college football playoff, which is uh, only a week away. Um, but I want to first start off because this is the last pod we'll be doing before Christmas. Matt Green, um, I had an idea because you're you're the the big philosopher when it comes to college football on this very podcast. You're the <laughs> you're outside of the box thinker with this stuff, and I was giving you the opportunity because I was like, what is something cool that we could do uh, Christmas related on uh, on this very podcast? And what I thought about, it, I was like, the the Matt Green Christmas college football Christmas wish list, and I uh, I'm excited to to hear what you have for the good folks about if you had, if Santa came down the chimney in the green household, and I don't know why you would considering how, how out on Christmas you and your family, uh, uh, it is based on, uh, our conversations on this very podcast. Um, but he does you a solid and he comes down the chimney and grants your wishes. Um, what are those wishes, Matt Green? What is, what is on the Christmas list it's funny for you? You should, you should say that because um, that's one of our great family traditions. <clears throat> when watching uh, Christmas Vacation, mm. that rid the very opening scene when it's still like an animated movie, you know, mm -hmm. and Santa's coming down the he's, – he scrolls down and he sees Griswold. Green is always on the list right there before <laughs> he scrolls down and sees Griswold. So that, I always remember that as a kid. Uh, point out, oh, there they he's going to our house next, you know. Um, or I guess he already went to our house if we're going alphabetically. But um, 
back to my wish list. It's funny you 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 brought this up earlier, and because my mom is always talking about like, yeah, tell me what you want for Christmas. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, it's yeah, just money. Money's cool. Um, but nobody so wants to me, do that, Matt. Nobody wants to get money. No, it's, money is fine. I don't know what I want. Like I'm an adult. Like I can buy the things I want throughout the year. I don't really need to wait for a specific time of the year. Like I don't know. I just don't. That's just me. It just. Dude, just that's just me. But once you said make a college football Christmas wish list, I was like, boom, I got the list. <laughs> Easy. Like I know exactly what I want to do. So first things first, the targeting one and targeting two. Mm. We got to do something with the targeting call. I feel like that's like one of the most important aspects of all of this to me. Um, you got the 15-yard penalty for targeting one, and then the tar- second targeting, yeah, you can do an ejection if you want. Honestly, a 15-yard penalty is still bad enough. You don't want people doing anything dirty, but, like, I just hate to I hate to have a guy ejected from a game for playing football. Like, from just doing something. You get ejected for hitting somebody in the nuts, you know, like doing, like, a cheap shot. Like, I just – I hate to see uh, you get ejected for just playing the game. You just hit a guy a couple inches away from where you should have. But uh, but no suspension, no no second half of like if you you do it in the third quarter, like no no getting suspended for the first half of the next game. That's just that's a garbage, uh, garbage aspect of that rule in my opinion. Um, so that's my first wish. Uh, second wish, uh, early signing day. We got to move it before the season, like July or August, be like an early signing period. Then after that, um, just for those select few guys that know exactly where they're going to college, they don't need the whole. Thing to go ahead and sign, um, like college basketball does, and um, and then have the the regular one in February. Um, so that'd be my second wish uh, for Christmas. Uh, the third is make bowl game make bowl games great again. Mm. I don't know exactly how to do it. Like I don't have the resolution. Probably money, you know, like probably incentivize these guys to play in them or something. But we just need to do something to make these bowl games actually matter you know maybe maybe we just they don't even have to be at these locations like maybe they're just home games for teams but it's just it's so it's so weird to just see all these like you can have the corporate sponsor you know have have lending tree come and and sponsor a game in in baton rouge uh in tiger stadium or something if they want to but it's just so weird seeing like these these postseason games that like there's like fifty percent full like it's some of these games just look kind of pathetic in terms of the crowd so I just don't feel like that's a good look I don't have an exact solution on how to make the bowl games matter but we need to do something I know I've heard some people like wanting to keep the fourteen playoff but like do it after the bowl games or something like that I don't really know how you do something like that but. We just we never see these good, and so I guess this is kind of on top of my other wish is we need to see more of these big time conference conferences playing each other. You know, like I just you know I, I don't want to see all the the Division Two and the FCS schools just go away, but those games are just so meaningless. So we we don't we see so few of these good matchups like uh, Oklahoma Florida last year and the game just doesn't matter so like that's why like you you hate for like the Rose Bowl like this is Ohio State this is this is just a consolation game for Ohio State like yeah we get to go to California it's the Rose Bowl cool but like Utah this is this is huge so we just see constant these 
constant matchups of teams where one team cares about the game the other team doesn't and i don't know we just need to do something about about these bowl games like either either get rid of them or just like we need to do something so that they're not just so meaningless and i'm not i'm not hating on players necessarily for for even sitting out again sitting out of them but like when coaches are leaving and everything like this is, this is essentially the season is over like why are mm-hmm. we still playing these games well that's like the um, problem now we're seeing where they're like oh we uh, i forgot who it was i think it was ross dellinger tweeted out uh like with the reports of like who might fill texas a m spot in the gator bowl um and like he had an anonymous source who was just basically like uh find me a five and seven team who hasn't gone home or like is still practicing at this point or worse like no one's doing that they're all gone uh kids all wrapped up the year and they moved on um and i think a lot of kids want to do that anyway because normal students are done uh finals are over they're ready to move on and if you're not playing for a national title like i don't know it just seems like the bowl mystique does not uh register the same way as it did where it was like oh it's a vacation and we get to go to tampa or we get to go somewhere else we never get to go it's like our little vacation or reward for um a long hard-fought season but i feel like now and maybe this was always the case and their stories just weren't told or they didn't have the option to or it was like down upon of just being like you know what i actually just want to break i don't really want to play exhibition football after this long crazy season i'd rather just uh go home with my family and uh chill out uh instead of uh, blowing up my body and traveling to uh, the Duke Mayo Bowl. Like, what if I just went home and uh, played some 2K instead? Hey, you uh, you bite your tongue about that, that Duke's Mayo Bowl. All right, that's a that's a very prestigious bowl game. But then people uh, on the other side, and I will say this too, is that like um, Richard Johnson, who hosts a great uh, podcast, great uh, college football writer for SI, uh, Split Zone Duo, great college football podcast. Um, he tweeted something out today i think that i disagreed with which is something that i see a lot um because everything's player 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 um and we've talked about that a lot of late um about just everything like you like everything's got to be pro player and some things are just not and some things are it's just like yeah this particular thing is better for the player but is it better for the fans is it better for the coach um there is a give and take there and it's just like oh but it's better for the player it's like okay got that we we (laughs) we all agree that this is better for the player um which is generally speaking where you should err uh, like that that's the better option generally speaking however there is something too of just being like i think (sighs) it just depends on who you talk to because there is this idea that he was floating of just like, oh yeah, these players are dying to go play two bowl games uh, in the same year, right? Because Coastal was coming out and they might jump in and I forgot who else has been mentioned. I think UAB maybe. Um, teams that have already played one bowl game playing another one. And the idea was because Coastal like scheduled BYU within a couple days and they made that happen and Chadwell, I think a uh, friend of the pod, Jamie Chadwell, jumped at the opportunity and mentioned, I forgot who he tweeted uh, or said something to that they would be up for it and he pushed against it of like that's the players don't want, well, oh I'm sure the players would love all this against this and I'm paraphrasing here, I just I don't remember exactly what he tweeted but it was something where I'm just like ah, do we know? Like, what if the players are jacked up about it? And, like, what if a locker room's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's just go play in a short couple days because there's this sentiment that players never want to play. They all want to protect their body. They all want to do this. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe the team really likes playing together. Maybe this group of guys is into it. And maybe they're like, hey, how cool would this be? Because the coolest game last year was the game that was made on the fly really quickly. And they're just like, hey, that'd be cool just to 
throw together this Gator Bowl game and see what happens. Uh, There's like an assumption that anytime the players are playing, it's like, oh, this is is free labor for our amusement. Right, and I don't think that's how they always view it. I I don't think... Yeah, that's a valid point. And they might... I feel like if you're talking about a team that stopped practicing for like two weeks, three weeks now, like that's kind of unrealistic. But like someone like Coastal Carolina that like, Oh, we played a bowl game last week. Yeah, we're we're down to play another bowl game next week. Like that that isn't like out, an outrageous thing for Because most of those kids aren't going pro. Old, They're not yeah. thinking like that. They're just like, Oh yeah, we'll play another game. Especially like to play Texas A and M and in the Gator Bowl, it's not like a a, a prestigious bowl game, but it, it it's Well they a, played Wake. A M's out. Can, oh, A and M is your replacing. I guess, yeah, you're playing Wake Forest. Mm. But you're 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 playing another another opportunity to play a power five conference team. You get some eyeballs on you, and mm. some, some teams might jump at that. I mean, I don't know. Someone who played on that, yeah, like Coastal played on the seventeenth. Yeah, that's. I but Jamie Chadwell already like ruled that out though. No, he mentioned that they were up for it. So I don't know if they they have to get clearance. There's all kinds of other roadblocks to get here um, to figure out who it is. But I I think it's going to be Rutgers if it's going to be anybody. But I mean, even still, I just. I don't think we have to do this. Don't speak for the kids and don't speak for the team. Like, I don't know, man. I just think every team's different. Every player's different. I think the majority of college football players are not going pro. Most college football players know they're not going pro. And now with NIL and players getting cuts and getting some money and like, I don't know. I just think there's, it's now just like something you can't just say is like, hey, be nice. It's good for fans when players play. Like, it's good for fans when players do it. I understand both sides. But it's okay to want them to play. It's okay to be like, hey, if they're up for it, why would we discourage that? Like, if they want to do that, it helps the college football product. It helps um, the fan base. It helps the coaching staff. And I don't know. I, I think it's just it. Sometimes it just goes too hyperbolic for me, where I'm just like, this is a little silly. This is. Um, I think Coastal Carolina is fine playing an extra game, and also just like <sighs> let it happen. If they want to do it, who cares? And not everything has to just be this. Uh, they can't do it. It's it's bad for their bodies. Blah blah blah. blah. And I'm just like, I, I get all that, but ultimately, shouldn't it fall on the team? And if the majority of the team wants to do it and they're practicing and they're not concerned about that kind of stuff, um, that's okay too. But also, I just we've gone so overblown about the injury risk. Like, I, I think it's this is something that I think is fascinating because I would argue, Matt Green, that it's way more of an injury risk for Cincinnati players and the Desmond Ritters of the world, and the, they have multiple dudes who are probably going the the draft uh, this year, so they're going to be on a significant drop off after the season. Playing against Alabama for sixty minutes is way more of a risk than playing against uh, a group of five school or whatever um, in the Duke Mayo Bowl. Like that is going to be way more of an injury concern playing Alabama. Georgia, Michigan, it's going to be extremely physical. If you're a Georgia player, if you're George Pickens, you have way more of an injury risk of re-injuring yourself or whatever. James Cook, whoever, going up against the Michigan defense and then potentially the Alabama defense back-to-back. Will Anderson, whoever, like, that's more detrimental to run through the gauntlet. But you're not about, it's not about the potential of being injured. It's the being injured for no reason. Like, that's the implication there. But what I'm saying is, like, if you want to protect your draft stock, like, that's, you don't play in the playoff. Like, that's, like, that, (laughs) a a multi-round playoff system. If you expand the playoff to three or four games, 
what sense does it make for any of the first round quarterbacks? And for like, that is what I'm saying. It's like, are we going to do that? Or is it, I, I, I don't know. You're saying what sense does it make to play in the playoff? If you're like, I'm saying what sense does it make if that's your prerogative for priority? Like if that's your prerogative of opting out of a bowl game is health. And that's what you see but, a lot is like protecting their body. Because, because I think the, it comes with the injury concern comes with this being a meaningless game. Okay. Like it's the capital, like Christian McCaffrey playing in the, where was it? The capital one yeah. bowl or something. And it's like this, this game doesn't help him get to the next level. Playing him playing against, you know, Ohio state in the first round of the college football playoff that could potentially help him get to the next level. And he's like, his team is trying to win a championship. Like, there's, but it didn't affect this draft stock. Like, none of that did. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't affect people's draft stock. We just go too overboard. Like, it doesn't when matter. When you're a team, you're trying to win a championship. So, like, those goals are still intact. Like, it's the game still means something. I just don't think anyone's going to be sitting out games that are actually on the way to winning a championship. Like, you might be overly, like, overly cautious with, like, returning from an injury or something like that. But... I don't think you're going to see guys just be perfectly healthy and no, I'm just not going to play in this college football playoff because I'm, I'm in because I don't want to get injured. Like I just, I don't see that ever happening, even if it's at 12 teams. No, I, I did. I know. I don't disagree with that. My main point is like, there's always just different reasons. And I just think it's different. It's difficult to parse through uh, for me is that like, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's complicated and I wish we would have more of a nuanced conversation about this kind of stuff. And it's just like, Oh, what are the chances that you, that the Jalen Smith type injury actually happens? Like no playing 12 games over the course of a season and playing that many games is, is worse in your body. Are you getting that's a lot of carries? True, throughout that's the really the only one, only big one I can remember on like a new year's six bowl that, you know, has some prestige around it. You were like a 10 and two team that year or something. And, and you, so it, it is a quote unquote important game, but it was meaningless. That's the only big injury I can think of a guy that was like, oh, he would have been a top ten pick, and that the nine ended up go, he ended up going what like first pick of the second round or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So it as much as it, gets, it it can happen though. So that's why like I I can't hate on the guys when they do sit out the. And I want to be clear, I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying that, like, these are things I think about. And I would be curious to, like, hear their perspective on this. Is like, I think every player is different. And I would love to hear the back and forth. Like, well, why do you play in the that third game that doesn't matter? In the ex- in the, like, there are three exhibition games in the calendar every year, right? Like, Georgia had that with UAB, essentially. It's like, why would anybody play in that game? Um, shouldn't that just be all a uh, guy? Like, I, I don't know. I just think there are... There's a lot of stuff here, and I, I just, I think we overblow it now of just the opt outs and the, the risks. Like David Bell's gonna be fine, and if like David Bell tore his ACL uh, in the Tennessee game, he'll his draft stock I don't think is affected. Like the the chances of the career altering injury like Jalen Smith had with Notre Dame, I don't think, uh, I don't think the I think the risk is pretty minuscule. But again, that's not like I'm not the one playing, and I'm not the one out there um with so much on the line so it, like my perspective doesn't matter but that's that, that's just where i like i think about things for sure and i think the the bowl games i think what's also hurting the bowl games um is the last part of my christmas wish list mm. is no more neutral sided college football games unless it's one of these georgia florida oklahoma texas yeah 
you know, the occasional, I think, Arkansas, um, Texas A&M playing Jerry World, unless you got some some sort of, like, regular thing you do. I just don't want to see, you know, Oklahoma and Alabama playing in Jerry World. It's just pointless. You know, I just – I Oregon and, and, Alabama, and Georgia playing in um, Mercedes-Benz next year. Like, college football needs to be played in college football stadiums. Like, that's – that's the last part of my my Christmas wish list, but yeah, I just um I don't know how to solve the bowl game problem. I mean, it's um, paying right. Like that's the thing. Yeah, like that's the know. way like, around you, it is paying them more. You you give the guys that participate a certain yep. a certain percentage of of whatever the bowl game makes something yep. like that. That's probably the only solution really to make these guys. But I mean, if you're if you're gonna make serious money, then um just a little cut of of some bowl game just one individual bowl game probably isn't going to make you want to play I mean, in it if you're a, if you're a christian mccaffrey miles garrett type player yeah i mean Kate mays was saying that like yeah if they can match my nil if nil can match what i would make in the third or fourth round uh, in the draft next year then i'll stay like i think players are willing to negotiate i think if you're willing to throw out there of like some kind of like this is this is a business, bro. Yeah, like if you have enough to throw at me to play, I'll play. Like I think a lot of kids would play if you threw a certain amount of money at them, but I don't even know how any of that's going to work. Um, yeah, well, sure. I like all that. I like all that. That's good. Um, well, do you want to run through the bowl games that have already happened, Matt Green? Uh, yeah, we uh, we touched on it a little bit. So um, we uh, we started off with, with Toledo. You, you talked about that one. Middle Tennessee State beat Toledo. Uh, Coastal Carolina beat Northern Illinois in the the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. Uh, UAB and BYU, we both missed that one. UAB uh, 31-28 over BYU. Uh, the Ragin' Cajuns beat Marshall. This is going to be a future, future Sun Belt rivalry here mm. uh, in the New Orleans Bowl. Did you see the dirty hit in this game? Um, yeah, yeah. Remind me. I remember it, but I can't remember. The Marshall player called fair catch, and this dude on Louisiana targeted the crap out of him. Helmet to helmet shot, clear that he saw the uh, the player call fair catch and just unloaded on him. It was one of the dirtiest hits I've seen in fo- in football in general in a long time. Immediately toss, obvious targeting, but like it was it was nasty. And yeah, it's like that's the kind of stuff that dudes seem to get ejected for, you know, the stuff that there's there's no room for. But like, I, mean, I think that's I, like kicked off the team stuff. Like when you see it, like <laughs> you're literally trying to hurt that dude. Like there's no place for that. Like it was dirty. Like that's how you paralyze a dude. No, that I uh, I don't know. It was it was bad, without a doubt. Um, Western Kentucky Bailey Zappi becoming setting single season record for uh, passing yards and. Passing touchdowns, breaking Joe Burrow's record. Uh, I feel like this record's going to be broken a lot. I don't know, man. I feel like they were showing. Uh, I saw one of the, you know those uh, like info mm. graphics that kind of like show like a timeline and like of leader of the leaderboard. You know, kind of changes throughout history. Uh, Colt Brennan had the record for. He kind of held on to that for like a solid like ten years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forget, I don't know, Case Keenum? No, I don't think Case Keenum broke it. But um, I think he's like second or third now because Burrow has the, the 60. I don't see people throwing more than 60 touchdowns that often. That's um, that's pretty absurd. We'll, we'll see. 
I don't know, man. The way football is going, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I do. That's it's, two and uh, three years. That's true. But uh, maybe we just witnessed some uh, incredible quarterback play. Well, the thing, too, about that is, do you remember how this Western Kentucky team was built? Um, I don't know exactly how they were built. You tell me. They brought, like, Bailey came from that small school, like, what was it, Houston Baptist or Texas Baptist? Um, okay. What was it called? I forgot which, like, small school um, in I've Texas. I've heard of a Houston Baptist. Yeah, I think that's I what it was. And they got the whole team. Like, they brought in, like, the whole offense. And the offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator just took the offensive coordinator job at Texas Tech. Um, so, he's leaving after this game, and this was all just like, let's fix this offense this year. Brought in an entire other school, and <laughs> ran their offense, and did everything wow. with their players, and now they're all gone. So, Western Kentucky's back to the toilet next year, but great run. It's a, it's a good thing to buy an FCS program for a year. Yeah, they... Uh... They just raided the program. Yeah. It uh, worked out for them. Mm-hmm. It was Houston Baptist. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at Bailey Zappi right now. But yeah, that's what they did. So I wonder if we'll see more of that. I mean, Texas State took like all transfers uh, this past cycle. So I think we'll see more crazy stuff like this where it's like, let's just gobble up an entire offense and an entire yeah, coaching I mean, staff from a small school. Outside the box thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Fresno State took care of UTEP 31-24. Liberty smashed Eastern Michigan 56-20. Utah State taking care of the Pac-12-North. Oregon State. Mm-hmm. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Down. Yeah, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. What a name. Presented by Stifle. <laughs> I don't even know what Stifle is. I have is no idea. A, is that a cryptocurrency? or? I have no idea. Uh, I'm seeing more and more ads of those. Um, and then, yeah, like we said, Tulsa beat Old Dominion. San Diego State. I bet you didn't know. Mm-hmm. That Frisco, Texas mm-hmm. had two bowl games. I did not know this. Frisco, Texas has two bowl games. <laughs> I I think New Orleans might have two bowl games. Atlanta, if you include the uh, Celebration Bowl. Um, there's not many that have two. And Frisco, Frisco's on the map now. Toyota Stadium, I don't know if you're aware, that's where FC Dallas plays. Mm. But uh, that's where they played these games. So North Texas and Miami tomorrow, that one is, uh, or Miami of Ohio, I should say, is... Um, is in the Frisco Football Classic presented mm. by Ryan. <laughs> but uh, um, UT, UT San Antonio and San Diego State, I feel like this was the best of the early bowl games to me. We had UT, UTSA coming at 12-1 and and San Diego State at 11-2. and um, San Diego State took care of business as I thought they would. The Aztecs uh, didn't let me down. But yeah, that was the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. <laughs> So whenever I think tropical, I think Frisco, Texas. Without a doubt. And then we had um, Wyoming uh, over Kent State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. We had a nice, uh, a nice fry, fry bath, if yeah. that's what you want to call it. What did you uh, think about the uniform aesthetics with this game? Oh, man, you know how I am with uniforms. Yellow pants on yellow pants. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but they were all yellow, right? Yeah. Um, who was in all yellow? Wyoming? Or I think Penn so, State yeah. Was in Wyoming? No, I think it was Wyoming. Yeah, yeah and then the, both teams with the yellow pants, the yellow the yellow ads on the field, like, this was just madness. I uh, <laughs> was not a fan of that. The teams need to work together when it comes to uniforms. Shout out to the Wyoming quarterback who immediately went in the portal after winning this one. 
He's like, I had a big day. I'm going to cash in. Yeah, like out. While the iron is hot. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that that was the, that was our early slate. So um, if you're ready to get into our uh, our next round, the um, next round got, starting tomorrow, correct? Yes. Yeah, so like I said, the the Frisco Frisco Football Classic mm. presented by Ryan. Um, North Texas comes in at six and six versus Miami of Ohio, uh, also six and six. Um, I know North Texas has got a solid running back, big time, uh, big time year this year. You just um, like him because his last name's Tory. That's exactly why. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Um, this is my seven pointer, so I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of confidence. But the other reason um, I got to go North Texas, the Mean Green man. How can I how can I pick against the Mean Green? You got to get the T-shirt. Do you rock any North Texas Mean Green T-shirts? merch do you got any um i don't i i need to i need to get that in there and hey north texas i'll reach out to the sid there and be like hey i need some some free uh north north texas uh mean green merch need to make it happen true that and um i know mean joe green went to north texas i don't know if like if that's why his nickname is mean joe green Hmm. or if that's why they're the mean green because of him you know what i mean i don't I don't know which came first. He was big time. But, I don't know uh, the answer to that either. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I'm not sure about that. We'll, we'll get we'll get back to that. We'll get on we'll get Now on I'm curious. Is it that literal? Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, continue. But who yeah. So I got North Texas, seven points. Who you who are you taking? What do you mean who am I taking? Do you not have mine in there? We did it last week. I gotta pull mine up now? I gotta go back and remember what I did? Do I yeah, to... are you kidding me? You gotta pull these, <laughs> these guys pull these picks up for the pod, man. What, I, I thought you had them both in front of me. That's what I did for the you last week. The listeners don't know who you picked, sir. No, but I thought that's why we were going through it last week. You put it in the dock or you had it up and then you were uh, you were like, hey. Oh, man. I didn't know I was supposed to record. You could you could change your picks at any time, you know? Oh, can you? I thought they were locked in. So I went and changed my pick for a Oh, how if dare you? Because I got 41 points on AM over Wake Forest. That's a big one for me. Yeah. But um, if, if it's Wake Forest versus like Rutgers or something, I'm, I'm taking Wake Forest in that one. Well, see, I think we so should, I just, I think we should I throw it see. out. I think we just throw out the points in that for that. That's a, Yeah, that's... see, I, it, when I look in the app, I can't see your picks of the future games. I can only see them um, hmm. like after the game start. Well, let me pull mine up now because I did not know that I I oh, thought this was in there. What is this? You always have it in there. You always have it in there. Um, uh, well, let's go to the next one and I'll I'll find it. This was just like last week. So you don't remember who you picked? North Texas, Miami. I think I picked Ohio? North Texas. I keep calling them Miami, but Miami, I mean they are Ohio. Miami. It's the a Red very important distinction. Um, I'm pretty sure I took uh North Texas, but don't quote me on that. Okay, we'll keep it moving mm-hmm. uh, to the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl uh, in Tampa. Oh, so Tampa, they're another city that's got a, another another stadium that's got two bowl games. Um, Central Florida and the Gators. This is a, this is an interesting one to me. This is a game that we've all wanted to see for a few years now, um, and I think we're they, they agreed to a series. I think coming up here in a few years, but. Um, I think bowl, so much of bowl games are about motivation and Florida. Oh, I found it, by the way. North Texas. Okay, solid. So how many 15 points? 15 points. 
Okay. Did you know Blaine Gabbert's brother is playing quarterback for the Red Hawks? Uh, I did not know. <laughs> I did not know that. 14 points, you said? Yeah, 15. 15. Lock it in. All right. Um, no, I did not know that, but that's a fun fact for you. Um, but in terms of the Gasparilla Bowl, I, I think Florida, with all the, the, the turnover on the staff and, and different players, I just don't think Florida's going to care about this game. So give me Central Florida to win this. Ugh. And I'm going to put nine points on it. I put 16 on the Gators here. Um, they fall to below 500 if they lose this one. I don't know. I don't. Gabriel's gone. Hmm. I think, is Emory Jones going to play in this one or is it Richardson? I think Emory Jones is supposed to play. Okay. But he's in the portal, isn't he? Um, that I don't, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I, I don't think he's in the portal. I thought he was, or maybe he might be going in the portal. Um, cause I think Richardson's hurt right now, but I don't. Yeah. Think Emory yeah. Jones entered the portal last week and Jack Miller just committed to transfer to Florida from Ohio state. So I think he is playing though. Yeah. Okay. So he's that, going to the portal. So he's going to go to the portal and he's playing in this last game before he goes hey, to the portal. I respect that, man. I actually like, yeah, I was going to say, that's how it probably should be done, right? You ride it out and then you... I can't say it necessarily should be done that way because <laughs> I can't really hate on you for like, I'm not playing for this team anymore. I'm not just going to come out there and play yeah. again. But um, I respect it finishing the season. How many points you put on Florida? 16? 16. When All you're right. in the portal like this, you want to have one final good showing. Um, yeah, no, that's give me true. the Gators here. All right, and now um, on Christmas Eve, we got the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Um, this one is Memphis will play Hawaii, and I like the Tigers to, to go on the road. 12 points. Give me Memphis. Mm. Um, I hate. I put uh, 39 points on Memphis here. 6-6 uh, six and six Memphis. Um 39. I put 39. Hawaii's not good. And there's like a lot of turmoil with Todd Graham right now and all of that. I, I don't see any way they, uh, they pull this one out. I think I have a lot of, a lot of faith in the Memphis Tigers, um, not in their basketball program and the, the nonsense that uh, Penny Hardaway and company are running over there. Ruined my Saturday uh, in Asheville during the day. Uh, booked my, we booked our travel plans uh, around Tennessee, Memphis at noon. And a lot of people did by traveling to Nashville for, that big time college basketball game. So, um, not a great look across the was board. It, a, it was at Bridgestone. Yes, it was. Oh, nice. Did not happen at Bridgestone because there was a COVID protocol outbreak, uh, on the Memphis side of things. And there was, uh, some less than truth, uh, being <laughs> put out oh, there. About, see, I didn't hear about this. Oh, uh, it's a, it was a whole mess. It was a whole mess. I feel like there's so many games getting canceled by, for COVID reasons. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm losing track. Well, this one was different because like this one was like, oh, I uh, misspoke about how many players were vaccinated and uh, this, that, and the other. Like it was, it, it's bad. Uh, not to go into the, the you details. You sound like but... you're, uh, you're questioning Anthony Hardaway's character. Uh, he questioned Rick Barnes' character in the past. So Rick mm. Barnes, the, the legend. And no, I've, no. Is this but... Memphis Tennessee thing? Is this, a, is this a thing? In basketball, yeah. Like we're done. Like they tried, they wanted to reschedule and we're like, no, we're not doing that um so yeah that's out like there's some bad blood between the two basketball programs for sure okay football there's nothing years there ago i remember years ago they played at the end of the season 
Like, because uh, it was that year that they were number one and number two. Um, what was it, like Lofton, Chris? Yeah, it's Chris Lofton and Chris, Chris Lofton? Douglas Roberts, and yeah, the Bruce the, the Bruce Pearl era. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I remember that was a, that was a big time. I didn't I didn't realize how big Memphis and the Tennessee rivalry is though. I don't, I don't that that rivalry doesn't register much. Only in basketball. Fair enough. Memphis could uh they could. They're, wait, are they going to the Big 12? They are. Well, not officially yet, but they're they're going to the Big 12. They're okay. not a part of the four that they, are they need to be. They need to be. They they're always been one of those group of five that needs to. They can they can move up a step. Um, but we'll keep this moving uh, to the Tax Act Camellia Bowl. This oh, one's man. in Montgomery <laughs> in the Cranton Bowl in Montgomery, which. I don't know who I don't know who plays in the Crampton, but I'll have to get back to you on that. In Montgomery, is that like where Alabama State plays or something? Hmm. I don't know. Um, is this Georgia State and Ball State in this one? And um, I don't have much to give you here. Georgia State seven and five, Ball State at six and six. I got to go with the thirds here, man. So I'm going thirds too. I'm only putting three points on this one. Twenty nine for me. Wow. Ball State's not good. Watched enough Ball State to know that this is a bad football team. Barely bowl eligible. Georgia State should win this one. Um, if I walk around my... Uh, I th- actually, no, I think I'll be at uh, the Sports Renaissance Women's Family at this point on Christmas Day. So hopefully they don't have that on. But uh, I will be taking the remote and flipping it to something else if uh, I catch any Georgia State Ball State on my television on Christmas Day. Can't have that. So, are you worried that somebody's going to change the channel to this game? No, I just don't want it on. Don't want this. This can be ugly. It's going to be a nasty game. Have no interest in watching one second of it. No, thank you. Fair enough. So, the Crampton Bowl is where Faulkner University plays. Hmm. And, yeah, 25,000-seat stadium. Not really sure how Faulkner University has a bowl game, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll keep it moving um on we got no games on the 26th uh i guess that's sunday yeah, yeah. so no games on sunday uh then on the 27th i think this is the bowl you remember fondly as the motor city bowl yeah but it's now the quick lane bowl not in my heart <laughs> um the marshall thundering herd are not playing in this one uh this will be western michigan and nevada how did nevada get in this do Mountain West teams ever get in this? I'm not really sure there's strong conference ties when it comes to the the quick lane bowl. I think Nevada solid eight and four team. Western Michigan seven and five. This could be a good when game. I, I'm watching every second of this Michigan, one. I just can't think Washington Redskins or Washington football team. Like mm. when you see that logo, yeah. it, just, it looks like Washington football team. But um, um speaking of, are they ever gonna change their their mascot or they're just gonna be that long i think they're supposed i think they've narrowed it down i think next year they're revealing i'm pretty sure they said 2022 is when they're revealing the new one i i low-key really like the redskins uniforms like i don't know what it is about like the no logo there's something kind of cool about it um carson strong's not playing in this one by the way yes that is true but i am um i'm believing in the backup so give me nevada give me the wolfpack I'm only going six points, though. I also went Wolfpack here. Uh, 17 points, but I don't feel great about it. This can be a fun one. I'm excited for this. The home field atmosphere for Western Michigan can't be 
can't be uh, slept on. But Jay Norvell also left um, for Colorado State. So um, that's something else to... A lot of moving parts for the Wolfpack after great year for them. Really rebuilt that program. But um, yeah, no, give me the... Give me the pack, but I don't feel great about it. All right. It's going to be uh, real interesting to see how our points uh, are distributed uh, throughout this throughout this contest. I'm, um, I got a lot of big points coming up later in the bowl season. Um, our, ne- our last one of this window, we got the Military Bowl presented by Paraton. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that is. Um, I thought it said Peloton at first, but it says Peloton. Um, I don't know what that is, but it's in Annapolis, Maryland. We got Boston College and East Carolina. And Boston College, it, they've been a team that you just don't really know what to expect week in and week out. But South Carolina beat this East Carolina team back in whenever that was, week one or week two. I just not a believer in East Carolina at all. That was a long time ago, but um, I, I think Boston College just got better players. So I'm I'm going 21 on Boston College. 40 on Boston College for 40. me. 40. Jeff Hathley got an extension. Dracovic's back. Give me the Eagles here. They got to win this one. Got to stay above 500. Man, so uh, if you have a good a good uh what is this six games mm-hmm. um you're gonna make some moves on me i think you you could take the lead you got a couple of big points out there 39 and 40 so uh i got a lot of small ones in this in this bunch so we got our our next show is going to be the real the real bowl bowl picking where we really mm-hmm. get into it that we this is these the first one we did now this one this is less than half the games i think so uh, we're going to get into all the New Year's Six and the college football playoff games uh, with the next show, so that'll be good. There you go. I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Um, the last thing, and we'll wrap up this uh, late-night edition of the Full Ride here on the Chase of Us podcast, um, the transfer portal. We've danced around this a little bit. Um, I was thinking about this this week. Um, other college football pods are thinking about this too. Um, and it's just a time for reflection, and it's a time for... Uh, thinking about the future and going into the next college football season and so much change. And I just wanted to get your perspective now with so much happening in the portal that I just kind of wanted to pick your brain here at the end here. Um, now that the portal has been around for a little bit, Matt, what what do you think about it? Do you think it's ultimately a good thing for college football? Is it something that you've already gotten used to? Do you think it's something that's good for the fans? Do you think it's something that's good for the coaching staff, the players? Like, do you think it's an ultimate good and positive from what the system was before the portal existed? Um, I guess I don't. I, I guess it's good for just um, visibility purposes, you know, for transparency, I should say. Like, Whatever the system was in place before, like a guy, you know, maybe he was transferred, maybe he wasn't. Like, I don't know. It's hard. I would say ultimately, yes, it's a good thing because it, it's for the best of the players. These coach can, these coaches can up and move, you know, however many times they want, consecutive years, however many times they want, you know. And players, there's no reason why they can't do that. I think the one-time transfer is is the perfect kind of compromise you know you don't want this to turn into 
free agency, like pro sports. But I think the one-time transfer and having the portal set up is just inherently by itself a good thing. I just think there needs to be some sort of legislation around it. Like we just have a portal period, like maybe December and January. That's the period where guys join the jump into the portal, that sort of thing. And then maybe, you know, post spring in June and July is another transfer portal period where if you want to transfer now is the time to do it. So I think um, that might, you know, get cut down a little bit on the of the chaos but um i wonder if it is a good thing for the sport like obviously i said it was but however it was the old way like you had to know you had a place to go if you were going to transfer and now i think you know you've seen that stat that like 15 20 percent of the guys that have joined the portal since the start of this football season have actually found a new home at this point so you, you do worry about the grass not always being greener, but, un, you know, unfortunately, like, you're also kind of stuck with the decisions you make. So you can't try to pass rules to try to protect people from themselves. You know, like, I think you have ultimately just kind of have to let, let players do their thing. And I think this is why, like we've talked about multiple times, why it will ultimately kind of work itself out because you're going to see so many guys who had D1 Power 5 scholarships go to the portal and and not really have any suitors. So you're just going to see some of those horror stories and guys are going to realize kind of what their scholarship is, is worth. And I think in five years from now, I think the transfer portal isn't as, you know, doomsday, like changing college football, the way people kind of talk about it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think the stat now, it's, I think we've talked about this when this first started, where this was always going to settle down. Um, I think the portal, like it, the problem was this all happened too fast. Uh, names got popped out way too quickly. That wasn't something good that should have come out where everyone had access to see whose name popped into the portal and who didn't, um, not a lot of foresight (laughs) into how this was all going to work. Um, I think ultimately it is a good, I think I, I definitely agree with it's a good for a one-time thing similar to coaches. Um, I don't. I've never understood the argument. It's like coaches do it. So players should be able to do it too. It's like, well, yeah, but we rail against coaches who do that. Like it's crappy when Brian Kelly leaves before a big time bowl game for the Notre Dame job when Cincinnati has an unreal year. What was that? Oh, nine. But if you're talking morality or like just, you know, what should be legal, those are two different things. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, obviously we agree with all of that, but do I think it's good for the sport either way? No, I think both are, a net negative for the fans. I should say like, that's bad for the fans. Like when players do it, it's bad for the fans. When coaches do it, it's bad for the fans. Like, like if you, yeah, I know what you mean, but like Mel Tucker, you know, he caught like, I guess you could say the, the, the necessary, the, 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 whatever you want to call it, the necessary criticism for going to Colorado for one year and going to Michigan state. But so he, he caught the criticism for that, but that was a good career decision for him mm-hmm. to make. So it's like, and now he's paid because he's just made Michigan State a much better program. So it's just because you don't think that's the right thing to do, you can't just tell a, a 19-year-old like, well, yeah, Joe Burrow over here just transferred and won the Heisman. Same with... And that's not what I'm Mayfield. saying. I'm not saying Same you shouldn't do it, but there's a huge risk and it's... It's rough. Like it was rough on those Colorado kids. I'm sure because 
he like there's no way to not lie to kids faces right like there's no way like you can't do it and that's why i don't want these jobs like and i understand it's a hard thing and it's easier to be on a podcast talking about these decisions that uh involve millions of dollars and people's lives and their careers and you have to make really difficult decisions in a short amount of time like all of that is true um but there is a downside and there are things that come of that and i mean i don't think there's any way around it of just being like no i'm gonna keep staying and telling these kids to go and sign their letter of intent and i'm gonna be here and then to dip um, the way so he did. I guess it's when, still you rough. Ask, when you ask, is the transfer portal a good thing? It's like, so compared to what? Compared to what we had before the transfer portal? Because yeah. it's like guys still transferred. Well, they had to sit out and he didn't portal. see as much. And I think part of it too, Matt, is that like, I I think it was Dan Rubenstein on the Solid Verbal this week who said this. And I agree with this. Um, but it's not even just for fans where it's like, it's increasingly more the portal makes it increasingly more difficult for casual fans to keep up with the sport um and i think that's probably true but i think it's also true for fans or for analysts like us because we have to keep track like you didn't know emory jones even in the portal like this is like there's just so much to keep up with all the time that if you're not on your phone all the time like you never know who's in the portal who's staying what the depth chart looks like for your team which ocs where which coaches where the movement is because it's not 32 teams like in the nfl this is a hundred plus there's so much more going on here that makes it so much more complicated and difficult to keep up with. And I don't know if that's uh, a good thing for the sport, but I think it's a, it's obviously a good thing for the coaches and the players to be able to go and uh, pursue happiness and do whatever they feel is the right move. Um, they have the freedom and the choices to do that, but for the fans at, who pay for all of this and make it all happen because they're the ones who put the eyeballs on the sport for that TV revenue and fill the stands and all that, I think it's harder on them and makes them less attached to the product because so many guys are cycling in and out every year that you can't grow attached. Like if you're a Western Kentucky fan, there's nothing there. They're all gone after this year. You just brought another school and it's all gone. Um, a lot of teams just with the amount of transfers, it's hard to like Tion Evans just left. He didn't finish the full year in Tennessee and he had like baby Kamara vibes and he was really fun. And then it's just, he's gone. And you, it's, I think it's going to grow. I think we're going to see more and more cases where it's just, we don't have the attachment of the three, a four-year player who stuck it out and was awesome and that's that's a bad thing for college football like it's not going to kill or anything but it is just a net negative that you won't see that um as much yeah i think uh, i think there's definitely a point to be made there i just it's it's just such a difficult thing to legislate though you mm-hmm. know and i think and you're already seeing it like i think we talked about it on this podcast like the People thinking that, you know, this could be uh, uh, an, an equalizer of, of talent, you know, but it's the the rich are always going to get richer, you know, like, yeah, the these all these programs in the country, they can go they can go get a good transfer for one year, but Alabama can do that, too. And so you've seen Alabama now, you know, get Jameson Williams and Henry Toto, just like two just two just marquee starters on their team like Jameson Williams honestly maybe the best player on their team obviously Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy but Jameson Williams is is the key to I think the Alabama team this year and now you're seeing next year with Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech and Elias Ricks from LSU going to Alabama like now you're they're just going to supplement the few weaknesses they actually do have with proven players at the power five level it's um, it's gonna make it a lot tougher on 
on anyone trying to compete with, with Alabama and, and those top teams because not only can they recruit and spend money like you can't, but now they can just go ahead and just take your players uh, for a year. And, and you're going to see, like, like, you've, like you've said with, uh, with who was it, Texas State, like you're going to see teams just go all to the portal instead of even trying to recruit high school players. You're going to get guys that are 21, 22 years old to build your roster with. Yeah, and hey, it's another way of team building. It's another option. It's another avenue for other teams to compete. Um, but you saw Texas State didn't do anything. Like they still sucked. So um, you just you yeah, I don't think that's sustainable. That's not a sustainable way. But but if you have a good roster and you know you're just one to two pieces away every year, like the transfer portal could could be those pieces that you know they keep you up there. So. I don't know. It'll, it'll. I'll be interested to see how it plays out for sure. But I think you have to. You have to say it's a good thing ultimately. Like I think the transfer portal and the one-time transfer are kind of two different things. So I think the portal, just having the the transparency of you know we know this guy's leaving, and so schools can contact him that sort of thing. Like, and a guy can make the best decision for himself um that's definitely a good a good thing that the portal has brought for sure for sure um but like everything else it can be adjusted it can be worked on it deserves criticism it deserves some praise like it's just there's nuance with all of this and i think it's just a work in progress and we're still several years out from this being a uh (laughs) a well-functioning machine and i think the june and july portal like period would be important too because you then you have post spring practice. You're like, okay, I'm clearly like third on this depth yeah. chart or so. Like, but I do not want to see a guy losing the job in early fall camp and be and then trying to be on a roster to play that season. Like, that's just that's that's the chaos that you just you can't be transferring somewhere from August uh, to September and and being an eligible player like that, that wouldn't be good for the sport. But then you have like situations like at Tennessee where Bailey left mid season, Maurer left after a couple weeks and then you're down to two scholarship quarterbacks suddenly. Like it's, I don't like that at all. Like teams can get gutted. Like it's going to, it's, but if you want to, if you're like no longer playing, I mean, you can still do that. Like you can't necessarily go to your next team. Like you're not going to be able to go to your next team and play that season or anything, but there's nothing you can't keep someone you can't make somebody play if they're like no i've i'm not playing for this team anymore i'm, I'm gonna go to the portal like you can't just i'm not disagreeing with that but i'm saying that's bad like i don't know how coaches keep up with this like because you have to keep these guys happy and it's like it kind of screws you if you have an injury to a quarterback like if you're one of the smaller schools and you i, I don't know i just think who uh it's just hard to keep a quarterback room with the portal and keep a quarterback room happy. I think that's just going to be a tightrope and just be a mess. Like there are probably Georgia fans still who think that like, Oh, we're Brock Vandergriff and, uh, and Gunnar Stockton. And it's like, no, one of them is gone within a year. That's how the, like they're gone. I don't know which one, but what you're not getting both. This is not how this works anymore. They're, they're dipping and they're going to play right away somewhere else. Maybe not within one year, but, but you're not uh, getting both of them playing a uh, big time college football for Georgia. Both of them are not. That's not how this. Yeah, is Yeah, I would work. not think that both of them have their time unless there's like unless unless it's not going well. That's the only way you really see both of them end up starting games. But yeah, I can't I can't really see Vandergriff having his time as the Georgia starter and then Gunnar Stockton waiting and then having yeah. his time after that, especially That's not how college football works. And he's going to be a redshirt freshman and Stockton yeah. will be a true freshman next year. So 
I don't know. Yeah, something's definitely going to change. Can you imagine if Stetson comes back and Kirby names him the starter for one more year? Oh, my God. I oh mean, I God. would imagine Stetson is going to be back. He's not going to go to the NFL. So, But, I mean, he's just like, I don't know if Georgia fans can handle it. If he comes back and you're yeah. in Vandergriff and he Stockton. Might, he and, might leave for that reason because he, uh, because of the criticism. There's a, a oh lot of man. negativity around Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because – if you look at what Georgia's offense did, like versus Alabama, like it was more impressive than what they did versus like Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl or versus Clemson in the in the first game of the year with JT mm-hmm. Daniels at quarterback. Like I'm not like leading the Stetson Bennett fan club by any means, but like let's like Georgia had like 400 and like. 50 total yards or something in that game versus Alabama, like just had multiple trips to the red zone where they came up empty. I had a turnover in there and then kind of forced to go for it on fourth down with kind of how the game was playing out. But like, let's not blame the whole loss on Stetson Bennett. I think there's just a lot of, a lot of negativity on Stetson Bennett, but the, the defense was, was getting thoroughly shredded uh, in the SEC championship. Yeah, we don't have to read. And it wasn't all on Stetson. Like, but Stetson wasn't as good as Bryce Young. And that's a problem. Like, that's just, like, JT could have potentially matched Bryce. Like, we, I think he has the upside to match Bryce in a shootout. I don't think Stetson can match Bryce Young in a shootout. But um, I think it's more also just the amount of talent. Like, just the upside. It's like, you know what you have in Stetson. And, like, he should be your fail safe. Where it's like, if it's not working with one of our five stars then we put Stetson back out there because he's like the always ready mailman. Like he's the, he's the fallback option. He should not be the one prioritized uh, in any means. For sure. He has had a, uh, an excellent season. It's um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Now with JT Daniels having, uh, having COVID apparently, yeah. um, I would imagine his chance to get more reps in the orange bowl versus Michigan kind of, decreased so i don't know it should be i mean there wasn't any doubt kirby's riding with stetson until the end like i think I what mean, we think saw is that's it doubt with after losing a game there it's it's He's crazy committed, after, man. after a 12 and 0 start and now georgia's 12 and 1 in the college ball playoff like the the entire tone around georgia football right now is just is just so negative it's it's kind of crazy but when I you're playing for titles this is how it works this is what like when you're in the big game but when you you're in, it, I mean, none of the other teams are that are in the playoff right now have any sort of negativity surrounding their mm. program. Like that's just it's just it's an interesting spot to be in right yeah. now. And people kind of forgetting what you did the first twelve games of the season. I think the back and forth is always popular, but um, there's a chance. I mean, that JT Daniels does get a look because you know the quarterback position isn't necessarily solidified. But I don't know. I think I think Stetson Bennett. We'll see. He can uh, Georgia can win some games with Stetson Bennett. So they they have won a lot of games with Stetson Bennett. So I'll, I'll be I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. I mean, who doesn't have Stetson beating Michigan and Alabama in succession? Uh, who who could not foresee? Stetson knew he's not getting a movie. Mm-hmm. I tried to tell you this. He's not getting the story isn't going turn into a movie if he just beats Alabama SC championship and Georgia, you know, beats. Oklahoma State, now an Oklahoma State loss. It was part of the Notre Dame. Um, you know, a, 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 not a marquee college football playoff. You know, he needed that that last little bit of adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he had to had to climb the mountain one more time. So that's why the, the story will be just all that much sweeter. Goodness gracious! Um, if you say so, Mac. 
No, we'll see, man. <laughs> It'll be so. the the level of negativity around Georgia football if they lose to Michigan will just be off the charts. Because then you have yeah. lost the last two games. You've played a like, Big Ten school. Gonna be, there's going to be people saying to fire Kirby Smart, even though there's stupid people that have no idea what they're talking about. But, you know, Georgia is only measured, like, in that, that magnifying glass at the very top, you know. So there, there's there's little room for error up there. But if it's 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 a, basically if the season doesn't end in a national championship, Georgia fans are going to want to jump off a bridge. So either either you lose to a Big Ten school or you lose – to Alabama for the second time this season, and Kirby's now what Owen, Owen five is he Owen four versus versus Saban right now? I don't know in front of me. Sounds two, right. Yeah, Owen four right now. So it'll be Owen five and two this year. But Saban's the goat. Like I feel like that's what people people forget when they're criticizing Georgia and Kirby Smart for not being able to beat Alabama. Is that not many people? ever beat Alabama. You know how many times Urban Meyer played Alabama in his, like, 15 years as a head coach? Four times. So Kirby's in year six right now, and he's already had to play Saban four times and might have to play him a fifth time. So it's it's kind of unrealistic to think anyone should do well against Nick Saban in Alabama. So Georgia should have won one by now, but... um. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Just because you're losing to Alabama doesn't mean you're some sort of a, a sort of a joke pretender of a program. Fair enough. Fair enough. Matt Green, follow you on Twitter, Matt underscore W underscore Green. Um, happy holidays, my friend. We will talk in a couple days post Christmas. Discuss our gifts. I'll discuss my gifts and what I got other people. You'll discuss the cash that you have lying around your house from from your Christmas and how that all worked. Um, but Tori also said, uh, mm. she wanted to tell you happy holidays. Oh, well. so, uh, she wanted to give you a shout out. Nice. Thanks, so, Tori. Um, I appreciate that. Happy holidays to Tori. Um, yeah, and man, Zeus and Maddox. For sure, man. Uh, Max was, Max was in the room for this pod. Mm. Yeah. He was on his best behavior. No, uh, no outburst. <laughs> so excellent, excellent work, sir. So our takes were good then. Without a doubt. I mean, my takes were good. You okay. must not have heard any of yours. Um, did you... Are, does Tori dress them up for Christmas? Are they going to have any elf outfits or anything? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Unless someone gives us something for Christmas to dress them up, then I don't, I don't think that'll happen. Okay. All right. Matt Green... Are, is, is your dog going to be in some sort of... Oh, outfit? yeah. We, well, she already has a bow tie, like a Christmas bow tie, but we're probably going to put uh, Khaleesi in some sort of elf outfit, would be my guess. Mmm. Classic. See, I, so, I, Zeus mm. does have some sort of outfits he's worn at times. Like, yeah. he had some sort of, like, tie thing that he just kind of went around his neck. It looked like a suit and tie kind of yeah. thing. Because that was for his, his fifth birthday. Mm-hmm was when he was getting presidential because he could uh he could run for president you know with with dog ears seven times five so that that was a, that was the theme for his fifth birthday okay there you go i yeah, like that so he did have a little a little outfit to wear for that one but i think that's uh that's about it very cool very cool well we'll see what happens i'm excited for the next couple of days it should be nice to relax for a little bit um yeah it's uh should we get bowl games nfl 
all kinds of stuff. But uh, you stay safe out there, my friend, and uh, I will talk to you in a couple days. Sounds good, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.